Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals podcast brought to you by me, the dude that needs a haircut. Goodness gracious. I told my wife I was you know, about to cut my hair off. Sometimes I like to go super. I like to go bald like my man, like my man I'll introduce in just a second. But um, so sometimes I like to do that. But we bring you this Arizona Cardinals podcast, our point of view, everything regarding the Arizona Cardinals. I am Javon J. Love Adams and Beside me is the one and only, the one that gives this show credibility, the one and only Ed Easy Smith. What is good, sir? Man, we got through the draft now. I mean, onward and upward, you know, off-season will start, get these dudes in here for their first mini camps and stuff like that. We'll go get back on schedule, man. So a lot for us to chop up over the next few weeks and months leading into training camp. But good to be here as always, bro. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, we will. We have, if you've noticed, if y'all have taken notice, we are back on a regular schedule, and this is how we do it. So we are going to talk a little bit about because last week we're going to talk about the draft. Um, just a couple of couple of sites that I pulled up, and I want to get your thoughts on Ed uh, to be able to understand, you know, just what your thoughts on the draft are. Is grading a draft? overrated especially afterwards it seems like it's clickbait to me but i that could just be my mc nature taking over because for those who listen you know i do a little bit of mc and i do a little bit of running it seems like it gets slower because i drink more ipas (laughs) but uh so yeah so we're going to get into that in terms of looking at the arizona cardinals draft picks but bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. So again, one of the things that if for those who listen, we did a kind of a draft recap and an instant response. I feel like I was listening to it. I, I think it was probably more me when I felt like I was a little bit harsh on, on the new addition to, to the, uh, to the Arizona Cardinals um, in terms of that, that first round pick, you know, maybe, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll kind of go into all that good stuff, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts on the overall draft and, and we'll start with one of the, one of the sites, a couple of different sites that I use to look at this. And I sent you some information. Of course, you can take it wherever you want, uh, Mr. Smith. But when we look at the, the recap, so Zaven Collins, I was looking at that thinking that there were other needs that the Cardinals needed to meet. It doesn't mean that I don't want this gentleman to, join the team and and become an all pro uh, or, or is it better to become because you were in the, you are vested. So you hear about pro bowl selections and you hear about becoming what in um, pro bowl selections and um, first team NFL. I think there's a little bit more of a distinction that, that can being all pro might be better than being a pro bowl selection or something along those lines. Am I right? All pro is better than, Pro Bowl selection? Would that be? Yeah, all, all pro is like making the, um, I guess the that's the one that they don't have like alternates for. Right, pro, right. Pro bowlers, basically, it's who you're voted as, you know, as a pro bowler. And yeah. then if you can't make the game, the next guy comes. Yeah, so, so 
You so have I'm, like I'd be the four, I'd be the fourth option because oh, ESPN yeah. wouldn't want to show up as a, <laughs> as a as a tight end, and they call they get all the way down to me, and I can put on my resume that I'm a Pro Bowler. But if I'm an All Pro, there are no substitutes when it comes to being an All Pro. Yeah, well, you got dudes like uh, uh, Bortles who can say he made it to a, a Pro Bowl <laughs> because the other alternate, the other six dudes ahead of him. Oh, yes, you know, because you can't take the Super Bowl teams. Obviously. Yeah. And True. then there are guys who opt out because of injury and nobody. All you want is the honor of being named a pro bowler. You don't actually want to play in that rich dick game anyway. <laughs> so, you know, and he, who, who am I to talk? I've never, not right. even so much. I mean, I'm a, you know, backup, you know, in the NFL. But, you know, I'm just saying the the, the status of being a pro bowler yeah. loses some of his flavor. Like I said, when you got dudes or six alternate who gets to go <laughs> And, you know, but like I said, who am I to, you know, throw shade? I'm just hey, hey, it's all good. It's all good. So I'm going to go down the the uh, the the selections from uh, the first round all the way through the seventh. And then I'll give you kind of the different the couple of the different websites that I kind of got this information, the, the kind of the breakdown from. And of course, we'll give our own analysis. That's what we do here. But round one, pick number 16. Linebacker Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, round two, pick number 49, Rond- wide receiver Rondell Moore from Purdue. Interesting. Um, round four, pick number 136, cornerback Marco Wilson from Florida. If that name sounds familiar, that's the dude that threw the shoe. That's the dude that threw the shoe and got that penalty, <laughs> if you remember. So for that one Florida game, I forget who they were playing, but it was it was an it was on Sports Center, the made Sports Center for sure. And the Cardinals traded back into this round to be able to make this selection. Uh, round six, uh, pick number two ten, uh, Edge Victor Demukiji Kiji. Uh, I apologize, my brother. When I meet you, I'll shake your hand and I apologize. But uh, from Duke, then round six, pick number two twenty-three, cornerback Tay Gowen uh, from uh, UCF. Round number seven, pick number two forty-three, safety James Wiggins from Cincinnati. And round seven, pick number two forty-seven, uh, center Michael Minette. Uh, from uh, Penn State. So a couple of the sites that I went to look for information from was one was uh, Pro Football Focus, and the other other was uh, was was uh, CBS. Interesting thing about CBS was that the way in which they looked at this was they they said that here are the what our expectations were. Here's what we looked at from from the from the experts, and I say this in, in quotations in terms of what we thought as the needs for these specific teams. So uh, so here's so I'll, I'll kind of read this, and so bear with me for just a moment. Did the team the team X fill those needs? It was uh, did team X fill those needs? It was unable to fill in free agency. So based upon the difference between free agency and the draft, if the answer is yes, then team X typically got a favorable grade. Variations in those grades might occur occur when the player team X selected wasn't as popular among the mock draft Knicks as NFL evaluators. Again, this is, this is what happens when you try to rate a draft. That's a few days old when a few years, when a few years is what's needed. So instead of the traditional post grade post draft grades, we're all used to, we're doing something a little different uh, and, and comparing where he had each draft pick graded uh, where that was actually selected. So it was interesting because of the reason I, I read that description based upon CBS is because they had the Arizona Cardinals 
in terms of their graph drays or positioning, number one was the New England Patriots. Number two was the Arizona Cardinals. And so interesting in terms of that, their favorite pick was Tulsa, the Zaven Collins pick. The best value pick was the cornerback from UCF, Tay Gowen. Uh, and then the most surprising pick, and I think that was when we talked about this on our on our regular Saturday uh, show here in the Phoenix metropolitan area, was the Rondell Moore uh, pick. So your thoughts in terms of the grades, or one, your thoughts on the on on the draft, and then we'll get into the whole grading thing, and if that's just a little bit too premature. But your thoughts on the Cardinals draft. You know, a lot of times we do these shows, Jay, and we have opinions, and that's what we do. You know, we do all these podcasts and our Saturday show and all the different things we do uh, because we have an opinion. And I think our opinions, meaning I'll be biased, but you and I were educated because we put the time in to uh, not just get on the air and and run our mouths. You know, we do research. We do – we look at different things, and, you know, we feed off of others as well. You know, we judge what we sometimes – uh, feel from listening to others and we take their opinions, we mold them into ours and stuff like that. So yes, in saying that, you know, I'm not one of those dudes that's going to say something. And then because everybody else is saying something different, well, you know, yeah, I was see the light now. And, you know, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says with this draft, the Cardinals, in my opinion, um, I know they're getting B minus grades and stuff like that. I see it as a C minus D in my opinion, because I'm asking, myself did the cardinals make themselves better at their biggest glaring holes the things that we talked about we thought at least you know i said it's all opinion because we have our opinion of what we think they should do and we listen to others and you know did the cardinals in my opinion go out and fill uh, those most glaring spots you know we talked about cornerback we talked about offensive line i would have even been you know pleased if they went out and did something stupid like and not necessarily get a first round tight end but maybe a second or you know something like that obviously they didn't have uh any picks in the third or fourth until they traded up and got that fourth round pick but uh, you know going out and getting Zaven collins a an exact replica of what we just spent our first round pick on last year and isaiah simmons right and to see the struggles that isaiah had because he's quote unquote one another positionless hybrid player Okay, so now you got two of the same thing, you know, and now you're going to try, you know, he was the best available at that spot or, you know, we had him graded it. Yeah, but okay, did you go? And especially when you're talking about a GM who in in all intents and purposes, he's fighting for his job for next year and beyond. Right. You know, meaning, you know, we've seen he's done a pretty good job with free agency. He's done a decent job with some trades, obviously. Bring, But as far as the draft, He's been abysmal, if you ask me. So now, you know, the clock is ticking on both him and on Kingsbury. And I'm sure ownership and around the league, they're looking for immediate results. But, you know, in my opinion, the thing for him would have been, you know, if you're a GM who's comfortable in your position, you go out and you solidify those spots that might need, you know, some development, you know. But, no, they go out and they get Zayvon Collins. And to me, I, I just don't see, and then, then let's let's talk about even. You go out and you spend your second round pick on Rondell Moore, and God bless him. I mean, Purdue is not what I call wide receiver. You, mm-hmm. and then you go out and you get 
another similar piece to some of these other, like Andy Isabella and some of these other wide receivers who's gotten. There's, you know, my first and my second round pick, those are dudes that I'm thinking I slot right in to starting lineup. And those are like my, you know, rocks as far as building the foundation of this, the future of this organization. You know, it's, it's, and one, one thing I'll say about this is that from what I understand about uh, Mr. Moore is that he is not somebody that's taking the top off the defense. He is more in terms of a slot receiver uh, underneath stuff. So he's not one that's going to make the, the, the secondary try to try to match or, or follow him. It's, it's underneath stuff. And I don't know if that, that that's why it's perplexing to me that they chose that, that they made that pick in the second round. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing, too, it's all about, I know we're getting to a point where it's a copycat league, and now all of a sudden everybody wants them smaller and faster, right? right. Whatever happened to that dude that might not run a 4-4, four, four, but he's a 4-5-4, four, four, you know, 4-5-5 five, five guy with right. some size to him, you know? Now yeah. we're, everybody's going out and getting these small wide receivers, and I think the one of the knocks on Rondell was durability, you know? So, yes, yes. you know, you're bringing a young kid in here, Smaller version again into a league. It's not like you're taking him from the varsity team, putting him on the JV team. You're taking a kid from the freshman team and putting him in the NFL, which is super varsity, you know. And mm-hmm. now the the hits are more intense. Uh, the, the speed of the game is even faster. And you, you know, if you have trouble staying healthy at that level, and I know you know it's only small sample sizes, but now you're bringing him here to the uh, like I said to play with the big boys. And I just like I said, I just would have figured different ways to supplement your roster with those first two picks, especially when you didn't have a third and a fourth originally, you reach, I won't say reach, but you go trade up to get a cornerback in the fourth round. And it's like, okay, why couldn't we have done that in the second? Or why couldn't we have made that a pick that we picked in the, with our first round pick? I know you, the top two went off the board just like that. And it's like, well, we didn't want to settle at that position. Okay. So you make a fourth round selection Hmm. instead of getting a first or a second, what's how much further is a reach to say, and we saw the run on cornerbacks and offensive linemen in those second and third rounds day, they were flying off the, 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 the shelves. Like it was uh, Easter Sunday breakfast and you know they were hotcakes, you know, yes. and that's because everybody knows the value of those two positions. Meanwhile, we didn't prioritize it to the fourth round and we pat ourselves on the back because we went out and got another hybrid non position player and, yes. you know, like I said, it's, for me, it was just disappointing because I just felt like we had an opportunity to, and here's the other thing, and I'll set up after this, is not, sometimes it's about reaching, not reaching, but going and getting those players early who have the potential at those, with those higher picks because you have planned to develop them, right? Right. When we're picking, you know, cornerbacks in the fourth and fifth round, I mean, it's, it's more about, well, maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe, you know, he can, right. he'll surprise us. You don't want surprises. You want dudes, <laughs> you know, that are going to come in and help your team right off the bat. And I just, like I said, I just think, you know, and the, I think the, the organization will continue to pat themselves on the back throughout the offseason with the rest of it because they're, they got a good grade, right? right. But we're going to see once the season starts and these dudes are pressed into playing time, are we going to have a repeat of Isaiah Simmons with, with Collins? Because we all know, I heard somebody, I joked about this last week 
when we talked, somebody was like, well, you know, Collins got the experience. No, uh, Simmons got the experience. He played in over 300 snaps this year. And I'm like, <laughs> if you average that out over a 16 game season, that's not even 20 snaps a game. Right. And so there, you know, what experience, you know, so I, I said, we're in for a heck of a, uh, I guess experimental period here with what we're going to see from this draft class. And, you know, it could be very disappointing in my opinion. It's one of the things that's interesting is before uh, oftentimes before we end up meeting uh, I'm going out and, and running and I, and I come back and my wife doesn't want to smell me and all that type of stuff, especially as the, 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 the days are getting a little bit longer. So I'm out there and I put my sunscreen on and do my thing. And so I'm wearing sunglasses when I'm out there and in, in the past, I've, I've purchased some sunglasses that were a little bit, you know, less, the quality was, was a little bit lacking, but it's but time. The price to, was good. Yeah, the price was good, <laughs> but, the, but the quality was lacking. But it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code CanaanCast15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's K A E N O N C A S T 15. Canaan, clearly better. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. J-Love here, Javon J-Love Adams, and the one and only Ed Easy Smith. So you mentioned some things there about in terms of the reaction to the picks or the just the, just the overall draft of the Arizona Cardinals, Ed. And it's interesting because there are some members, in, and, and you know, we're in the Phoenix market. This isn't the toughest market in the world at all. But it was interesting that there were a lot of people that are oftentimes critical of the Cardinals that seem to jump on board with this pick, especially the the pick of Zayvon Collins, the tr- maybe tried to convince themselves that Rondell Moore was a good pick. You mentioned in terms of the run on the the uh, the cornerback position in the third round, I believe five of the six last picks were all cornerbacks. There was definitely a run there. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, what is did, did that does that bring about any pause for you, or is that just maybe an aberration that you don't necessarily take into account when you look at the reaction locally from media? Not that media is always the 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 end all be all, but did that does that uh, bring up a little bit of did that bring up a little bit of hesitation or trepidation with you? Well, are you do you mean like in terms of the the number of people that jumped on the bandwagon like this? Yeah, was, the, yeah. The, the reaction, the positive reaction, because again, going into it, looking at one of the things that I think it was, it was almost a consensus that okay, can we can we look at the offensive line? Offensive line will probably be the last on the on the choice, but uh, can we look at defense? Can we look at defense and not linebacker? But can we look at uh, can we look at uh, um, cornerback seem to be the biggest need can we look at wide receiver somebody to take the top off the defense to complement what we have in our wide receiver core did did it surprise you how many people seem to be to to just agree with the pick of Zayvon Collins especially as that at that first round pick yeah it did did and that's why you know I started off by saying just because everybody else all of a sudden has a change of heart 
doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to change my opinion. And, you know, I say, I hope Zayvon Collins comes in here and turns into a beast. I hope yes, he sir. is everything that he, they, they think he is going to be and helps the Cardinals get to that next level. I just, in my opinion, I, I, I stand with what, you know, I'm, if you're trying to better yourself in anything we take on, you have to look at your flaws and where you are weakest. Yes. And, you know, and attack those things. You know, there are people who want to be a public speaker. And if you're not good at talking to crowds, what do you do? You go get practice. You, you know, you go try to hone that craft, you know. Yes, um, it just doesn't happen overnight. And the same thing goes for if you have an offensive line or, or you want to, like, start dominating on the front, you got to go up and beef up those positions. And what happens sometimes, Jay, we all know it, and, and we, we clown each other all the time when talking about how we're trying, trying to figure out what the Raiders are doing. <laughs> yes, when you yes. when you go make a pick like an offensive lineman, especially early, and if it's something that, you know, it, it's not a sexy pick. Right. But, you know, and so, you know, people, how are you going to get excited about, oh, he's a left tackle and, you know, he <laughs> – uh, you know, he had, he, you know, he gave up only one sack all season. And, you know, those dudes are not in the highlights. Those right. dudes, the only time you hear about an offense lineman is when they're doing something stupid. Yes. Penalty or this, that. You never hear he graded out at 99.9% because nobody cares. They want to hear about the wide receiver that did this, the running back who did this, the quarterback, you know, down the line. The smart teams, in my opinion, they put all that aside. When you're drafting, I go back to it. You're trying to identify your weaknesses yes. and attack those and go make them better. And that means going and getting those nasty offense linemen that right. come in here and want to work from day one. He's going to, he's got the long arms, you know, he's, he's going to, he's a stopper on the outside. He loves to get nasty. I watched some of the highlights of some of those offensive linemen that they yes. were picking as where they were making a run. And I was like, that's a dude I'd like to play next to. I know he's got a lot to prove in this league, but I saw some of them dudes out there. The whistle was just being blown and they were finishing off. You know, how many times have we looked at our offensive line and been like, damn, them dudes are nasty out there, you know? So for me, it all starts with that front. And that goes for both sides of the ball. The reason I'm like picking, not picking on the defensive side of the ball, meaning we just went out and got Superman you know, to go on the other side of Chandler Jones. So we take yes, care sir. of that, right? Yes, but sir. what have we done to address that offensive line? Right. We haven't done anything, bro. I mean, we went out and got a center from your boys. Yeah. I mean, he's an add-in. Yeah. But, I you're mean. Welcome. You're, you're welcome, Cardinals. Yeah, there you go. But we, so, and that's where my biggest disappointment is. I, I like that they feel like they got a great athletic you know, hybrid player, another one. They were just stacking them it, it up. It almost right? makes me think that it's it was some type of veiled uh, mea culpa for picking Isaiah Simmons. And I'm not trying to say he's going to be a bust at all, but uh, g- given when you look at the percentage of snaps, as you mentioned, um, based upon last season, that it was, yeah, we about to get this player that looks ex- that's exactly like the dude that we just drafted the previous season and then say we're just going to add him to what we're doing and he's another hybrid so when yeah that's great that you've got all these swiss army knives and all these hybrids but where is a defined position to be able to to be able to to make your to be able to stake your claim on and what is he going to do to help you on that other side of the ball to protect not to protect your young quarterback and also help you develop a running game all the things that we were talked about all through the year how we lacked and we, we know what we love to see, but we just never saw it. 
what did we do to address that problem for 2021 and beyond? Nothing. We didn't do anything. Indeed. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, I, I just don't know. It's perplexing to me. It's perplexing to me. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, when we talk about these draft grades, these draft rankings, how, when is the earliest that you think that somebody can, for example, so we, the, the aforementioned Isaiah Simmons drafted last season. Um, when can we say, not definitively, but when can we make an informed decision on whether or not we feel that he is living up to potential. Is it after three seasons after two? What, what does that look like? When, when can you look at a draft class and say thumbs up, thumbs down, or maybe neutral after the first quarter to first half of the regular season that they were drafted in. Really? I don't care what they do on the re- I, don't, I don't care what they do on training camp. Interesting. I don't care what they do on OTAs, the preseason, is nice, but we all know that's basically just a show for the younger guys to get out there and do what they're going to do. Okay. Once, once real play time comes, meaning once the first week of the season comes, Jay, yeah. that's when it's time to put the women and kids to bed because grown men are going to be out there, you know, doing their thing. No disrespect to women and children because I know y'all <laughs> do, you know, but that is after, and here's the thing you have to give those young players a quarter to a half of the season to really to catch up and figure out what is really going on out there. Okay. Because that first few games for rookie, and you're talking about a man who went into the NFL at 26, yeah. you know? So yeah. I, you know, as I went to world league and thought I saw, you know, what was fast. And all of a sudden I got to the NFL doing training camp, my first, you know, um, training camp games or practices, then preseason. I was like, wow. Then I got to the regular season, bro. Right. And it was, I mean, it literally, and I'm a 26-year-old man who's been through a whole bunch of stuff to catch up and let your mind start trying to process how fast things are happening out there. And I was a backup tight end, you know, yeah. getting my 20 to 25 snaps, whatever it's a game. You're a young dude who's drafted number one, so what do they expect? Right off the bat, you're supposed to be fight, fighting for a starting job. Now, you're not being able to be hid on the backside of cut blocks and stuff like that. Right. You're on an island as a quarter cornerback out there covering number one and two wide receivers in the NFL. And when that's when I tell you it moves fast, it moves super fast for them dudes. And that's why you, you saw what happened to Isaiah Simmons the yes. first few weeks. They were literally targeting him because he was at a disadvantage because he not only was a rookie, they didn't have training. You know, they had nothing. Right. You know, they come right into the season and they were really at a disadvantage. Now, it, like I said, I give them all uh, 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 mulligans for those first few games because you're going to see mistakes. And by the midway point through that first season, okay, you're going to be able to tell he might not be all the way there yet, but right. I can see the potential. He's going to continue to grow. He's going to get better, better, better. And there are sometimes you look at dudes, you're like, I don't know if he's ever going to catch up to this. And not only do as players you see it, coaches see that stuff as well. I mean, I had coaches – in like some of our as tight ends, we're evaluating obviously our defensive guys, you know, and and I had coaches who would be, you know, we're running our drills against them, yeah. and I had tight ends coaches be like, "Ooh, man, he in for a long haul." Huh. I don't know, really? if, I don't know if he's gonna be around here too long because they see they're in the meetings and they also see how how much a dude is swimming in his head and can also be overmatched on the field as well. Right. You can they see all that stuff because. As much film as we look at, they're they're the ones, the coaches, they're in there till you know, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning sleeping on cots and stuff, and they can tell very early on. So 
Yes, I mean, yes, for okay. me, I'm looking. You know, we'll see. And like I said, I don't care what they do on the offseason. I don't care what they're doing. You know, you like to see them flourish a little bit in the, the uh, preseason games. But those first few games, man, of the regular season, that's mm-hmm. when you're going to find out, okay, we got something to work with here. Or, oops, we, we made a boo-boo again. Okay. So before we head out of here, I got to ask a random question based off of what you just said. What can be, so let's say you're studying film all day as a coach, because I know you did some coaching, so I, I don't think you were in there at three in the morning, but maybe you were, you know what I'm saying? No. But I'm just asking. So let's say you're looking at something all day. You're looking at the position you're trying to, you're, you're on the professional level, National Football League. You're looking at film at eight o'clock, looking at film at nine o'clock looking at film at 10 o'clock what can you glean from let's say the difference between eight o'clock and two or three in the morning because i know and and when you mentioned that i know that there are coaches that are in there because maybe it's something in there that's been ingrained in their mind that you have to be there and you have to look at film and you have to pour over it what can be gleaned from eight to let's say two or three in the morning that that is that is that is worth you being away from your family for that amount of time or if you don't got a family from being you know what i'm saying drinking a, as i like to drink these days vodka gimlets <laughs> well you know and and for the coaches their their biggest thing is they're they're constantly evaluating right so if they're not only looking at the players on their roster and it's whether it's practice or game film you're breaking every play down Right. every piece of technique down and you're also scouting other players and their rosters as well. So, because obviously teams are always looking to improve and, you know, obviously you're looking ahead to see who you're playing and stuff like that. Right. But these coaches know what, you know, diamond might be hidden in the rough by this second string or third string, whatever out there. So they're always evaluating for one, but the coach, like I said, they're, they're evaluating every play, every step, I mean, you would think something as insignificant as a, you know, they would always get on us as tight ends about taking a false step, meaning you're coming out of your stance and instead of lead foot, say if I'm going to block down my first and I'm on the right-hand side of formation, my very first step has to be hard with that inside left foot, boom, toward my target. Something as simple as just a quick hitch with the right foot to, you know, you take that and pick it up real quick and but you get it down, those are the pieces of technique right. uh, you're coming up too high in your stance so it's not just one thing on any different play right it could be a myriad of four or five different things they have to critique to try to make you better because the better you are the more secure their job is if they're not teaching you what you need to be taught then maybe somebody else needs to be in here running this regimen you know <laughs> so i mean so when you know, like I said, it's something insignificant as you're coming out of your stance too high and you're, you know, you're just basically giving the, the, uh, the linebacker your chest to put his two hands on or, you know, you're, I see this false step. Where is that? We've been working on that. We, you got to stay low. You got to do it. So those are the things that they're breaking down from. And like I said, it's, man, I, I, we used to look at film, Jay, and you think people just think, well, you just get on, you just run the play. Right. Bruh, you would, they would rerun and run a play. And that's why they had them little clickers. You would, they, they show that first step 10 hmm. different times. They run it, eh, reverse it, eh, reverse it. Cause they want you that want they want that ingrained in your brain. Right. This is not how we do this. And so one, I, man, you always knew as a player, you knew, man, I messed up on this one. Cause you knew what play every play, whether it were practice or game, you knew, man, I can't wait till we get to this play. Cause I, you know, I showed my butt, you know, <laughs> but you also knew those plays where 
man, I just got my behind handed to me on this one. Right. You know, dude got his hands inside. He rode me like a pony down into the formation, jammed me in there, which jammed up. The, so, you know, those, so, and those are the ones you hope they just skip over real fast, but no, nah, <laughs> those are the ones they're going to make sure everybody in the room sees 10 different times. So there's a lot that goes into the film study. And, um, the good coaches not only emphasize the bad, they will show you the good as well. On right. this play, look what Ed did right here. He took the right step. He got inside. He cut off. And look how that play ran right off his tail. But, uh, so, uh, you know, the good ones, they, they spend about 75% of the time beating you down, but give you know the other 20, 25% of the time lifting you up just to, you know, encourage you. There we go. So, again, real quick, the the before we head out of here, I'll, I'll give you the round Round uh, uh, round pick and last name uh, round pick uh, position and last name of, of for the Cardinals. So round one pick sixteen linebacker Collins. Round two pick forty nine wide receiver Moore. Round four one thirty six cornerback Wilson. Round six pick two ten uh, edge uh, Dimukiji. Uh, round six, 223, cornerback Gowen. Uh, round seven, 243, safety Wiggins. Round seven, 247, center Minette. Uh, Minet or Minette, so forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. So, so we'll keep an eye on how this draft class performs. So according to my man, Ed Easy Smith, we should know by, you know, that first quarter for by the first half of the next season, how this goes in terms of where the, the potential and how they may shake out. So uh, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. We do this every week. It is the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast presented by Bet Online. And as we always like to say around this time, uh, you can. Till next week, B. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.